Does the day you were born impact whether you're a great leader? Can astrology unlock the pathway to leadership success? Hi, I'm Josephine Corcoran, holistic career coach and astrologer, and my podcast, Astrology for Leaders, Aligning Your Career to Your Purpose, is where we'll find out. I've been an executive coach for over 20 years, facilitating and training leaders to achieve professional and personal goals and practicing astrology for the last 15 years. I also appreciate the profound impact of connecting leaders to their unique astrological blueprint to give them access to their leadership abilities around governing, strategy, communication, relating, driving and empathy. Over the coming weeks, I'll be interviewing leaders using their birth chart as a lens to explore how they've harnessed their strengths, overcome challenges and found meaning in their work. My desire in sharing these accomplished leaders' stories is to demonstrate the extraordinary benefit of understanding your unique astrological blueprint to enable you to work in a way that is equally impactful and fulfilling, and to learn a few interesting facts along the way. Hello and welcome everybody to Astrology for Leaders. I'm Josephine Corcoran and today I am so excited to be sharing the microphone with the incredibly talented Robin Lee. Um, for, the record, for the record, Robin and I have known each other since our first day at university when we moved into rooms across the corridor from one another at Trinity College in Melbourne. And we both came from regional Victoria and very quickly a friendship was formed, which has stood the test of time all those years ago. Um, over that period of time, I have been witness to Robin's extraordinary career as a prolific creator who cares deeply for individuals' rights and recognises the power of the feminine. She marked her 50th birthday earlier this year with the birthing of her latest masterpiece, which is a coffee table book called A Room of Her Own. This is a book which I believe is a culmination of Robin's amazing career and brings together her many talents. She's a photographer, investigative writer, storyteller, truth seeker, women's rights advocate, designer, an innovative change maker, just to mention a few. Robin's birth chart is rich with astrological signatures around creative expression, inner drive, innovation, autonomy, telling stories based on facts and publishing, operating on a global platform and connecting with other powerful, ambitious women. So many of which we, has been brought to life through your book, Robin. In today's conversation, we'll find out more about Robin's book and her talent through the lens of her birth chart. Hello and welcome, Robin. Hello, Joey. It's so nice to be here. Uh, so, Robin, I'd like to start, I like starting my interviews by jumping straight into the topic of leadership. And obviously writing and publishing such a large body of work, which brings together photographing and interviewing subjects from various locations around the globe, requires an enormous amount of self-leadership. With that in mind, I'd really love to hear your perspective on what, why you see the role of leadership being so important today. Well, 
I think that leadership or self-leadership in particular results in self-fulfillment. So uh, and you, you almost can't have one without the other. And I think one of the challenges that women face today in particular, and, and I've seen this a lot through my work, is that we have been schooled to put others before us, um, whether that's through the examples of our own mothers or female elders in our community. Uh, there's been this belief that by doing that, uh, it, you and everyone will be happier. But I feel I have a different view to that, uh, whereby, in fact, I think that can be very damaging. Uh, and in fact, to lead yourself and to seek self-fulfillment often means that your clan, your family, your tribe will also benefit enormously. So mm. in my own work, I haven't sought to be a leader, but instead the work leads itself and leads other people through the readership. So a lot of the women that I've interviewed over the years um, and, and men uh, by following this idea that you can seek self-leadership and self-fulfillment, they have then taken so many other people on their journeys. And in a way, it's um, inadvertent leadership or unconscious that happens of the work. Mm, mm. It's, it's a, it, the leadership is a, um, is a byproduct of the creativity inspiring others it sounds like is, a, is another way of saying that yeah Absolutely. yeah amazing lots of pebbles put in lots of oceans and lots of ripples going out to inspire plenty of people through the work that you've done and the people that you've interviewed so can you tell us a little bit about um the book that that and and what has inspired you to create that book I know that's probably a very big question but <laughs> see how you go well, I, I suppose if I look right back into my own history, where often these things come from, I was always very interested in reading the biographies of women growing up. In fact, I've been in several book groups um, where these people seem very focused on fiction, which is understandable. Uh, but that's been my interest and focus. And so when this opportunity with Thames and Hudson came up to do a book about women uh, and their lives, and in particular about creative women, it really was um, very exciting and I had an immediate desire to do it. So uh, from there, um, we launched into the process, which involved finding 20 women around the world whose one work spoke to me because, you know, writing about it and photographing it, it was important that I had a connection with that materials so that um, that's an entry point into understanding and, and getting to know each woman. Uh, so in this particular book, 20 women um, across a range of creative um, professions from design curation, theatre direction, uh, visual artists. Uh, there's a woman in there who I can really only describe as being a creative entrepreneur uh, there's a woman uh, in the Yucatan who has created a whole world out of her passion for resurrecting the ancient traditions of a, a small Mexican village that she, um, she lives in and has started this hacienda there. Uh, so a real range of disciplines, 
but quite a few connections between each of those women and one of those connections that's a theme is um, their connection with nature and their love of the natural world and uh, mm -hmm. having a very deep affinity with nature. And one of the other connections is a desire, a deep desire and need to express their creative hearts and visions. And that's something you see across all of the women. Wow, what an extraordinary uh, project in its own right. Firstly, to have the opportunity to bring together women from all over the world with, with such creative force and then to have to find them. I, I haven't got, I'm not prepared for this, but I, I'm curious, where does one even start when it comes to a globe full of creative women in finding those people? <laughs> Well, the great thing is that there is no shortage of extraordinary creative women in the world whose stories are yet to be tapped. So it's uh, it's not so much a matter of finding them, but a matter of shortlisting, uh, which is the challenge. And in fact, I think that I could, I could uh, continue to document these lives forever after. There's so much extraordinary material. So... Mm. Um, in terms of uh, finding them and really shortlisting, it sometimes did come down to a matter of logistics. As you know, Joey, I have two children and I also have a husband who has uh, generally travelled a lot as well. So uh, trying to work in between the schedules of my husband as well as not being away for so long that the children forget who I am is part of the process. So that might mean if I'm in New York for two weeks maximum uh, and then one or two of the subjects on my list can't be available in that time unfortunately sometimes I have to drop people off the list. Yeah absolutely there is the juggling of the of um, everyday life with a beautiful family as well. Robin you have a list of six of six books under your belt which blend your talent as a photographer and writer plus another 10 books which feature your photography work. And when I delve into your natal chart, otherwise known as your soul's blueprint, there are a number of signatures which speak to your innate abilities and your career path. And I'd love to, to have a conversation about a number of these aspects with you because I think they really are so beautifully reflected in the way they're expressed in the world. Firstly, Robin is born with her midheaven, which is the top of her chart and the part of the chart that's connected to your public uh, profession, your reputation, but also your professional legacy and what it is that you're here to leave behind. And in Robin's case, she's born with the midheaven in the sign of Leo. Now, Leo is a highly expressive, creative, energetic force that really thrives to put things out into the world and to be seen. But what's really interesting is that the ruler of her MC, which is the sun, and in Robin's case, she was born with the sun in Capricorn, is located down in the part of her chart that's connected to communication and to writing. So it's interesting because in Robin's case, the, the version of that highly expressive, creative Leo being putting things out into the world, it's important to Robin that it's grounded in practical, um, in a really practical way and that the work is going to be meaningful and, and also be something that's valued and will last the test of time. Uh, 
But how do you relate to that as a as an individual um, glimpse into your chart into one of the many parts? How do you, how do you resonate with that? I, I would agree with you very much that um, the work uh, and there's a part of me that um, feels driven to. Uh, share my work on a global scale I think part of that is to find like-minded people we've done um, through these projects uh, and also share the content of the work with as many people as possible and that's why books are such a great platform I think more and more coffee table books are are being sold outside bookstores they're being sold in lifestyle stores and homeware stores because people mm. value them as a as a creative object almost as much as for the content and the written or photographic part of them um, in terms of that uh, world stage i think part of the reason why i felt uh, so compelled to to get forge out and strike out in the world was because I grew up in regional Victoria in a city that uh, in retrospect I didn't feel very happy in and I look back on those times not with great fondness and I really feel at the time even I knew I wanted to have another life and see another view of the world and uh, be out there in the world in a way that didn't feel uh, like I was feeling at the time. So part of my drive to uh, operate on that world stage was partly escapism, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, now uh, I don't feel like I need to do that any longer in that same way, but it's become a part of my DNA in some, in some senses and I love it. I really love it. I was fortunate to live in Milan um, off and on through my 20s. I started there as an assistant when I was 19, 18, 19 for a year. And then I went back there uh, to live in my mid-20s for two separate years. Mm. So I, I very much started my working life in a foreign city, which was very difficult at the time as a young assistant but uh, then allowed me to uh, trampoline off that experience into uh, the sort of work that I do today. Mm. Yeah, there is a, Robin has a stellium, which is where there are a number of planets that are located in the same sign and are quite closely connected to one another um, in the sign of Sagittarius. Now, Sagittarius is the, is a fire sign. It's all about expanding your knowledge. It's also about going out into the world and having adventures and through experiences in other countries or through reading and learning, you form your own belief systems and you start to make sense of the world. So the energy of Sagittarius is hungry for knowledge and hungry to go out there and, and, and really experience life through other cultures and other places as well and so Robin you have got Jupiter which is the planet of expansion and abundance in Sagittarius which is it's very happy there you also have Neptune which is the creative intuitive part of you in Sagittarius and then you also have Venus which represents that part of you that's that feminine part of you but also that part of you that desires to express itself how you how you communicate with other people, how you in, relate to other people. And all of that's fueled by Mars, which is your intrinsic drive. 
um, and part all of that sitting in your first house, which is your identity. And the other thing about Sagittarius is it is connected to the, the world of publishing. So publishing information, publishing your learnings. So that's a pretty rich expression right there of a very strong first house with lots of um, planets happening or occurring in, in Sagittarius. So it's little wonder that since you were young, there was this part of you that just felt like you wanted to go beyond the horizons that you grew up in. And, uh, and that you certainly did. I mean, at the age of 18, off you travelled to, to Milan um, as such a, with, with how many years of experience you had <clears throat> under your belt at university? Well, you I went had, yeah, one year and then deferred my second year at RMIT Photography to go to assist a photographer, yeah. Which was just incredible. <clears throat> the, the, the other thing that I wanted to talk about next is that Robin's moon, which represents her needs in the world, and also the moon's connected to so many elements, including creativity and the feminine part of us, but also the hidden souls part of us. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in, in Robin's case, she's got the moon in Libra. And the moon in Libra has a strong desire or an, a strong need for equality and a strong need to be able to, to articulate your thoughts. So this concept of fairness and justice is really important when you have a moon in Libra. The thing is that the moon in Libra is located in the 12th house. Um, <clears throat> and that's the part of the chart where you are, it's where things can be hidden. So that brings up this sense of there's a part of you, Robin, which is deeply private. It, you, you have a deep need for beauty and the deep need to express things in a beautiful way and to be able to communicate in, in, a, in a private way. And it also, the 12th house, this is what's quite interesting, the 12th house is quite representative of photography because you get to express your creative work, but you're hidden, if you like, behind the camera. So the subject is on the other side of the camera. How do you relate to this essence of on the one hand being very much creating work, which is going out into the world and being very, very public and well-known. And yet there's this other part of you that's deeply private and uh, needs your space. Well, it's a very good question and it's something that I'm exploring a bit at the moment just within myself because um, I, I think I've been very conscious of the fact that the camera is trained on someone else and that I'm there with my pen and paper but I'm interviewing someone else. So I, as a child growing up uh, where emotional discussions were not comfortable in my house, I never really grew up with the skills to, to express my feelings openly and I really learned that much later. And when I started doing that, I felt extremely vulnerable because I felt very mm -hmm. fearful that uh, all sorts of bad things would happen in doing that. So in learning to be able to share and come out of that um, deeply private space, which felt where I needed to be at the time out of fear, into this other world has been a really big learning curve. Um, and I also feel like uh, I'm becoming out of, uh, um, what would I say? It's like a, a requirement of my work now 
that I am out there in the world talking to people, standing in front of people and actually talking to them. I, I didn't do my first public speaking event until my husband insisted that I speak at his 40th birthday. And since then, I've had a lot of the projects unfold, which have sort of thrown me out there onto that stage where I really need to be able to speak about the work. Uh, but in doing that, I've really spoken about the work and still not about myself. So slowly I'm becoming more open to integrating my own personal uh, world into that sphere as well. And that's uh, a development area and quite challenging for me. Mm. What are you finding the more that you start to express yourself and express your emotions? How is that then informing your work? Well, I feel like with the work itself, uh, by connecting with the women that I'm interviewing, for example, for this book, I it's important for them also to feel safe with me and to do that, they need to know a bit about who I am. It's not just a one-way street in that sense. So it's, it's, that's a requirement of my work as well and it helps to put people at ease. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's a really um, amazing illustration of having that the moon there in the 12th house. The other thing is... There's a part of you, I'm curious with this actually, because the moon's located right next to Uranus and, and Uranus represents that, that, um, that drive for independence and innovation and forward thinking and being progressive. So there's also a part of your soul that yearns to be independent and forward thinking and innovative. And I would actually argue with it being with the moon there, that there is a need to be partnering with it's in Libra other women that are that are also being progressive and innovative and shaping a new future for for um, people on earth um, would you say that's potentially something that's woven into the fabric of the work that you've done with the women that you've interviewed absolutely I think uh, from a young age I was very independent um, and would get off on my bike and just speed away and stay away for long periods of time. Uh, and that was uh, something that I needed to do. And I think that's so ingrained in the way that I am now that, uh, but I'm still looking for connections. So it's that independence, but needing the connection. And so a project like this is the perfect opportunity to have connection as you say with other like-minded women around the world who are all in their little spheres doing similar things in a way working independently creating uh, forging these paths ahead and to find them and speak to them and uh, be with them and see the way they work and how they think and why they are like they are to me has been so gratifying Oh, so, so gratifying, extraordinary. There's so many pieces in your chart that I could, I could ask more and more questions about, but I'll just, I, I, there's one final piece of your chart that I wanted to 
um, raised today. And that, that is that Robin has a kite in her chart. And a kite is a, is a lovely gift in a chart because what it does is it combines a part where you bring three pieces, three parts of your chart that are talking really beautifully to um, each other. And you've got, a, Robin has a grand trine in fire. And what can happen when people have a grand trine is that unless it is challenged in some way by another part of the chart, that gift can lay latent or it can take some time to come to, to bear any fruit or find any real um, emotional connection to it. And in Robin's case, she's got a grand trine in fire, which the fire is all about creativity, um, being driven by yourself to make to create things in the world. Um, very passionate, very inspired, very much you feel things in your body and then you, you have this desire to make and put it out there into the world. It's, it's quite action-oriented, um, actually. And with your grand trine, the kite is created because there's an opposition between Chiron, which is the wounded healer within you. So it's this part of, there's a wound from when you were young around your ability to be creative and there's an opposition from Chiron to Pluto where there was people around you potentially where there was a lot of structure potentially and you felt quite hemmed in that, that things had to be a certain way. So this, there's a, with this tension that was created between other people that were inflicting their power on you and causing you to potentially um, creating that, that wound or that having this part of you feel like it, it couldn't fully express its, itself from a creative perspective. It's almost like that tension activates your gift of creativity. And potentially without it, you may not have the same drive to be traveling the globe, to be putting your work out there on a global scale and to, and to, be, to be healing yourself. So could, can you talk a little bit about how creativity has really nourished you over the years and how it's really shaped you into who you are today? Absolutely. I think I would say that without my creativity, I would be probably a very unhappy person. It's essential to my well-being. Um, I think it probably always has been. And I think... Um, when I have been through periods where I haven't been able to create as much, I go downhill very quickly. So it's just such a, a language that I speak that it's like my mother tongue in a way um, uh, that if I'm not speaking it, I feel um, impotent and I feel hemmed in and I, I just start thinking. So it's crucial to my mental health and mm. it's like gas in the tank so my husband always jokes that I don't know how to have a holiday because my idea of a holiday is creating because it fills me up so other people might you know sit on a cabana having a pina colada I can do that too for a day or so but I do need to create to feel good and to feel relaxed and to feel energized yeah, beautiful. That's lovely. Um, wow. So where to from here then, Robin? What's next on the agenda now that this book is out in the world and doing really, really well? What what what's the what's the next thing on the horizon? 
Well, I have a number of uh, other book projects in the pipeline, so uh, uh, you'll have to wait and see before I can provide more information on those. But uh, a lot of exciting projects and um, even a project that might take place here in Australia, which would also be terrific, especially given the current circumstances with travel restrictions. Mm. I don't feel like I have anything I'd rather be doing than what I'm doing now and what I am looking to do in the next few years. So I'm in a really great place. I feel the only things that I would like to do better is perhaps integrating more and more uh, my own personal history into the work so that it has continues to have the depth that I'm looking for and the experience that I'm looking for to challenge myself and keep learning and keep developing as a person. Mm, which in turn inspires all women out there to do the same, to lean into their wounds and to work those and to heal those with the work that they do in the world. So, so valuable. Um, in, just in closing as well, I'd love for you to say, um, just, just to give a bit of feedback in terms of unpacking or hearing about your life through the lens of your um, of astrology, um, how do you think that, that people getting access to this information can potentially help them unlock their pathway to leadership success? I would say that astrology, like, like many of the... Uh, ancient wisdom is passed on through stories it's essential to understanding yourself so it's a it's another avenue to unlocking parts of yourself and uh, being who you need to be in the world I even in this latest book I you look at an example of fashion designer JJ Martin who uh, looks to the ancient goddesses, Greek goddesses and archetypes to help her understand herself and her own challenges. Uh, and then you look at other women who look to astrology, at other women who look to ancient stories. Uh, you, you even look back to the Renaissance period, uh, which I talk about in my book, uh, which actually came very much out of looking back to the ancient Greek um, and Roman stories and accessing and unlocking and hacking all that and really examining it to then help create a vision for going forward. So without that information and without those stories, those leaders would not have been able to bring Europe out of feudal times into the modern Europe that we know today. So in saying that and looking at our own lives, uh, astrology, archetypes, history, stories provide a framework for us to understand ourselves and to continue to, to develop as individuals and also as societies. Mm, and aren't we on the edge of another phase of transforming the human race and our perspective on this planet? Robin Lee, always a pleasure to be in conversation with you, never enough time. You are an extraordinary creative. Your work is so rich and so incredibly powerful with its ability to support women to understand their potential in the world and to go out there and be creative forces. Thank you for your time today. Thank you and so I, much, Joey. 
You're welcome. And I wish you every success with the book. And for those that are listening and want to hear more about, um, would like to get a copy of the book, um, I'll put a link to Robin's website on the um, social feed for this podcast. And other than that, wishing you an amazing day ahead, Robin. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. If you would like to know more about me, visit josephinecorcoran.com. I work with individuals and organisations supporting and creating sustainable change in careers and workplaces. While you're there, check out my Astrology for Business membership and my coaching programs. You can follow me on Facebook, just go to at Josephine Corcoran Holistic Career Coach and like the page, and also my Instagram account at josephine.corcoran love to connect with you there. Thanks for listening and I look forward to you joining me for more leadership wisdom here on Astrology for Leaders.